Hello, and thank you for listening to this Fun Board Council podcast. This is a 15-minute excerpt of our longer podcasts, and the full podcasts are available exclusively to Fun Board Council members via their member portal. If you like what you hear and you'd like to find out more about membership, please do contact us via our website at funboards.org. In the meantime, happy listening. Hello and welcome. It's a pleasure to have Greg Brisk and Carol Judd, very well known to FPC members, join us this morning to talk about a very important topic within governance and within the role of fund boards in the UK. And that's about the role of the non-executive chair. We know that there's been a lot of discussion about the fact that the regulator has been encouraging firms to think about moving to a non-exec chair if they didn't already have one. So we decided to put this question to Carol and to Greg and ask them to tell us a little bit about their experience moving from an executive chair to a non-exec chair. But before we do that, uh, what I would like to do, uh, Greg, and I know this is an odd question to ask you since you've done this so many times for us, but tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us a little bit about the role that you have within BNY Mellon, if we can start. No, absolutely. Um, so as as many people will know, uh, BNY Mellon operates a multi-firm uh, model um, and our management companies uh, and our ACD are more closely aligned, therefore, with our central distribution business, which allows us a degree of uh, separation, if you like, from the what what one might call the manufacturing processes in the individual firms. Um, so my role as the head of governance for investment management is really to be the the sort of the eyes and ears over the governance process in those investment firms and in our management companies and ACDs to make sure we understand what is required and then do our best to uh, implement best practice uh, in in doing that. If if I think about our UK ACD board composition, uh, and this is one of the things we've spent time trying to get right, we have a balance between executives who are in the distribution business, the, the global head of product who, who understands each of the funds and, and why we have them incredibly well, um, our global head of marketing, because it's it's all about uh, being clear and transparent, uh, and our head of distribution. So we've got three executives, um, I, I'm then on the board and, and until recently, until last summer, I was the chair, bringing that group perspective uh, to everything we do. And then, of course, following the asset management market study, we have two wonderful independent directors. So leading up to the hiring of the wonderful non-execs that you've got, Greg, um, did you anticipate the fact that you might move to an independent chair as early on as as has transpired? And we'll talk to Carol about that in a second. Or was that something you expected might happen a little further down the road? It, it, it wasn't our central focus. I mean, we we hired, we had somebody somewhat independent on the board um, that was was helping create that balance previously. But with the asset management market study being published, we hired to implement what we understood to be the the stated requirement. So uh, while we we'd never ruled out the possibility of an independent chair, it, it wasn't something we felt was broken and it certainly wasn't the focus of our recruitment process. Having said that, late 2019, um, who knows, maybe influenced by something happening in other firms, 
it, it became increasingly clear from the FCA that they were really very keen on the idea of an independent chair. Uh, and so I guess while not objecting to that, we just wanted to make sure that we could manage the transition uh, in, in such a way that would be best for everybody involved. And, and that's a very important point. We'll come to that in a second. Carol, if I could come to you, uh, you've done many such meetings for us and thank you for that. Um, tell us a little bit about your professional background and then as you transitioned to having a plural career as a non-exec on many boards. Okay, thank, thanks, Chief. Um, so my executive career was investment management slash investment consulting. So a sort of a, a, a career of, of two halves. The, um, the the first part of that, largely in leadership roles at Old Mutual in the asset management businesses here in the in the UK, and also on the on the fund business side. Um, in those days, the sort of asset management business and fund management businesses very much run as almost you know, single entities really um, and then doing CIO and business development and you know, business strategy and all of those sorts of things I, I then moved into into the second sort of half of my career which was investment consulting at Willis Towers Watson and the various guises of, of that organization um, initially I, I when I joined them I, I joined part-time and um, so actually focused on their thought leadership research um, but then more latterly moved back into sort of business leadership and in particular doing some sort of client, doing a client placing role uh, with specific, particular specialization being um, governance. So I moved from being you know, executive world into into the sort of non-executive world about two years ago and um, and over that time now I've, I've um, worked obviously very closely with BNY Mellon on that. I'm on a couple of their boards both here in in the UK and in Luxembourg um, and then I am on the investment committee of um, Nucleus Financial which is a retail platform. Lovely well thank you both for that uh, to get to get us started. Greg can I come back to you on that final point you made about making sure that you had all the bits and pieces in place moving into into a non-exec uh, chairs role. One of the unique aspects of the ACD board, and we want to try and spend a little time talking about the ACD board on this on on this call, is about the particular technical aspects of the work that that board has to discharge and the oversight responsibilities that the board has to discharge. And then, of course, we've had the market study and the appointment of the non-execs and the slightly change in focus. You know, they're representing the end the end client. It feels to me that. There are many aspects of the success of the of an ACD board that requires a deep knowledge of the business beyond what a non-exec sometimes may have full grasp of. And therefore, there's a nuanced discussion about how quickly you can move from having one or two non-execs as non-execs into having somebody to take on the responsibility of the chair. Was that your experience? And is that something that you were conscious of going into this move? Shiv, I, I actually re remember quite clearly, I think it was your inaugural um, talk gathering um, when we were still contemplating the, you know, the implementation of asset management market study. And, and you know, we talked about the, the, the real benefit conceptually of, of I think the, the illustration was hiring an independent director from, let's say, the Royal Academy of Arts, you know, somewhere completely independent, really bringing a different 
um, mindset to the role. And and in many ways, I you know I, I think there's there's value to be had from that. But if, if anything, since then the regulators have have just further raised the bar with um, you know the assessment of value work. It's a very technical job, and to to take that on as a director at all, let alone as chair, without really understanding the investment process, uh, understanding the fiduciary duties and obligations, uh, uh, and, you know, and, and knowing something about the operational processes, the machinery, if you like, behind the scenes, I think would be just an, an incredibly kind of difficult challenge for someone without that industry knowledge to take on. So uh, while, while I'd, I'd still um, embrace the, the concept, if there were a space on the board for someone who could could really speak for the investor, uh, the you know, if you like the, the uninitiated investor, if I could put it that way, I think there's merit in that. Um, I do think that the less technical experience and familiarity the candidate has, the longer they would want to spend on the board before assuming you know, particular personal responsibilities. Yes, that certainly sounds right. Um, Carol, from your point of view, when when the conversation started about you potentially taking over as the non-exec chair, was it a case of, oh dear, what have I done wrong to have to do this? <laughs> or was it something you were quite happy to sort of consider and then sort of and then take on? Uh, I sort of looked at Greg and thought, well, how am I ever going to achieve what Greg has achieved in terms of being able to follow in his footsteps? He's so well connected within the organisation. Um, so my initial reaction was, well, maybe later. Um, but um, I'm, I'm naturally quite cautious when it comes to doing things like that, because I want to make sure I can, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it well. So, um, so you know, thinking about particularly you know, in the situation of, of BNY Mellon, it's a very complex organisation and in my arms around how that works, um, I just felt I needed time to be able to, to assimilate that. And from a personal perspective, I was also conscious that I just left a, an executive role and there is that temptation of, oh, I'm taking on this more responsibility. I'd better roll my sleeves up a little bit further. And and I was just almost quite concerned that, yeah, as I say, my own personal thing would be I'd start to get too much into an executive part of it. So it wasn't, I didn't feel I could do it. I felt I needed time to get accustomed to that and to to actually work through some of those some of those personal issues as much as mm. organizational issues. So can I just press you on that a bit, Carol? So if there were one or two things that you felt you needed to get on top of or get to grips with in that first phase after you took over as the chair, what what might one or two of those things have been that you were not needing to do just as a non-exec? Well, I, th I think there is the the aspect of, as I say, you know, sort of working through a little bit more detail of the of the complexity of of the business, and things. You know, obviously, you have to do a lot. You you have to know that anyway as a as a non-exec director. Mm. But there is that additional liability. There is that additional responsibility when you take on a chair role. 
and it's being comfortable with that. We did, I mean, went through the process of, of obviously of doing the sort of competency assessment and, and so on and I think that gave me a lot of confidence as we went through that in a sort of very methodical, rational way of actually most of these attributes do tick the boxes. Mm. I can do and it highlighted for me where where my sort of lack of comfort was and that was as I say around the sort of the complexity of the organization and we were then able to just go in and and really get to grips with with that. Right thank you. Greg one of the big issues that I've dealt with and had spoken to lots of boards about this is there seems to be a concern there seems to be some amount of fear if I can put it that way about the transition moving from an executive chair somebody who's steeped in the business who understands all the nuances how of the business how it runs how the board runs to, to ostensibly handing over the reins if you like <laughs> of, um, that important role and as we've talked about of the ACD now to somebody you know to somebody from the outside effectively what advice would you have to executive chairs up and down the land now who are probably who will be listening to this and thinking oh dear i i certainly hope we don't have to do this as soon as, as some have what sort of comfort might you be able to give them and what would be the advice in terms of one two or three things that you would say they need to be thinking about now for whenever they're ready to make that move yeah uh, look carol's touched on a number of these but i i would say um, you know, first and foremost, take your time. Um, I think waiting until you're confident that you've found the right candidate, and there's some amazing candidates out there, um, but, but candidly, not everyone is suited to, you know, sitting on a board as an independent director, and, and some won't necessarily know that and, until they've been on for a little while. I think relationships, you know, relationships with other directors, they, I mean, it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? But the, the chemistry of the board um, is is so important. I, as, as head of governance, people sometimes ask me about sort of, um, you know, our voting protocols and and those sorts of things. And, and generally, I say if we ever resort to a vote, then it, I consider it something of a failure. Um, but that's because uh, you know when our boards are really working well, there is this collegiate uh, relationship where people know each other and trust each other, and that just takes a little time to 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 build. But then also just getting to know the 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 presenters the subject matter familiarity with the business our you know our product our goals our performance our strategy you know where we're trying to go with the business I think all of those things uh, e equip the 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 right candidate set them up for success if you like um, but but getting to know all of those things and work together as a team then also takes away the anxiety for for the executives you know the product head who's really focused on trying to get things launched and and mm -hmm. is worried that however good the questions might be you know things will slow down or or get distracted or or, or precious resources diverted inappropriately so i think that whole relationship building process um is is critical we hope you enjoyed that uh, 15 minute excerpt. If you did and you'd like to find out more about how you can access the full recording uh, or about FBC membership in general, please contact us via our website at funboards.org.